when we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder. Welcome to our campfire here at Kinder Outdoors. Sure glad to have you. It's K-I-N-D-E-R, like kindergarten. Check us out online at kinderoutdoors.com. Front door to the camp house brought to you by Calming Care from the trusted name Purina. Calming Care for your dog. It's gentle, effective, and safely works over time. It's not a drug. To settle the overactive dog, the overbarker, the overjumper. Learn more about calming care when you come see me at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, we have bass fishing royalty on the show today. Kevin Van Dam, yeah, he's going to be talking about fall bass fishing, but when he doesn't have a rod and reel in his hand, KVD more than likely has a bow or a rifle or a shotgun. He's an all-around outdoorsman, and we're talking about it with KVD a little later on. What makes a spike deer a spike? Is once a spike, always a spike true? We're going to learn about spikes and funky horns, particularly in our whitetail deer, because that's where Mr. Whitetail, Larry Wysoon, has done most of his studies as a biologist. And Ron Hules is going to join me today. Ron is the president of NASTRA, N-S-T-R-A, the National Shoot to Retrieve Association. Extend your time in the field with your bird dogs by becoming a NASTRA member. You can actually get out in the field before seasons start and enjoy some bird hunting in a field trial. And after the seasons close, you can trial in some places well into the summer. We'll talk to Ron about it. Hey, pour yourself a cup of coffee and make yourself comfortable. Thanks for hanging out in our camp at Kinder Outdoors. Young hunters are out in the field in Nebraska today. Today and tomorrow, statewide youth, pheasant, quail, and partridge season for hunters age 15 and younger, both resident and non-resident, welcome to go at it today and tomorrow in Nebraska. Resident youth hunters do not need a permit to hunt small game, but non-resident youth will need a hunt permit and habitat stamp. Only youth are allowed to hunt during this youth season, except at designated special youth hunt locations where accompanying adults are also allowed to hunt. There are a few of those. Game and Parks has been busy releasing extra rooster pheasants at several of those youth hunt locations and wildlife management areas. Good luck! Send pictures for the bragging board. We've heard a lot of bad news out of Oregon over the past couple of years. A surge of lawlessness. And here's more. This time it affects the fish and game department. Poachers. They shot a white-tailed buck in northeast Oregon and a bull elk in southwest Oregon in a one-week time span. Rewards stand at $500 each. A three-by-three white-tailed buck shot on September 25th. That was a Saturday in the Sled Springs Wildlife Management Unit, a five-point bull elk, on or about Saturday, October 2nd in Douglas County. In both instances, the poachers left the scene and left the entire animal to waste. Oregon hunters take these things very seriously, and in both cases, the Oregon Hunters Association is putting up the reward money. If you might know something about either of these crimes... 1-800-452-7888. 800-452-7888. 
in Oregon. Move it down to the Texas Panhandle where game wardens in Texas are requesting our help, the public's help, identifying individuals responsible for killing five pronghorn, five, between Friday, September 24th and Sunday, September 26th. The bodies were discovered one mile north of Interstate Highway 40, just east of Adrian, Texas. The carcasses dumped on private land, the skull and horns missing. 1-800-792-GAME. 1-800-792-4236. If you can help. If you own a dog, house dog, working dog, hunting dog, doesn't matter. If you own a dog, you need to keep Fortiflora in the refrigerator. It stops GI upset, which all of our dogs suffer from time to time. Fortiflora. PetDirect.com. Chewy.com. It's everywhere. McKendry University. Man, they put on a show at that Abu Garcia College Fishing Tournament on Lake of the Ozarks. Bailey Bleaser of Burlington, Wisconsin. Nathan Doty of Decatur, Illinois. Finished first for McKendry University, throwing whopper ploppers. And get this, McKendry University teams also finished fourth and fifth, taking three of the top five spots. It has been a terrible, a deadly boating season in Minnesota this year. Seventeen people lost their lives so far in boating-related drownings and crashes. That's the highest number since 2005. 16 years, and there are weeks of open water left this year. That number could still climb. Of the 17 people who died, 16 were not known to be wearing life jackets when they went into the water. This time of year, it's primarily anglers and hunters that are out on the water. Be careful, folks. My good friend, Mr. Whitetail, Larry Wysoon, is hanging out on the Texas coast trying to get a little fishing done before winter sets in. He's on the show next, and we're talking about white-tailed deer. What makes a spike a spike? We're going to learn from the biologist when we come back from the coffee pot. Folks, this is Larry Weissu, Mr. Whitetail. You know, boys, I had to go all the way to New Zealand to shoot that stag. I wish you'd quit hanging your hats on him. The Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo returns to Dallas and the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center this January. I'm Corey Mason, CEO at DSE, inviting you to join us for our 40th anniversary celebration January 6th through the 9th. The greatest celebration of science-based, factual conservation, conservation that works, will feature 1,800 booths and vendors from across America and around the world. They will be offering hunting and fishing opportunities, guns, gear, art, fashion, and jewelry. Numerous auctions, both live and silent, daily and open to online bidding from wherever you are. For convention hours, discounts, and information, visit biggame.org. Your ticket or auction purchase will go directly to the DSC mission of conservation, education, and advocacy on Capitol Hill. The DSC Convention and Expo is back. Come celebrate with us January 6th through the 9th in Dallas. Full details at biggame.org and kinderoutdoors.com. I'm going to lay this out to you as simply as I possibly can because it really is simple. Buy your cold weather wear from Ron and Teresa Miskin at the Buffalo Wool Company and stay warm. Gloves, socks, 
hats, beanies. I love my neck gaiter. All made from the insulating fibers of the American bison. The same fiber or buffalo wool that protects the buffalo against a frigid winter in Montana, Wyoming, or the Dakotas. Buffalo wool is warmer than traditional wool and it's luxuriously soft on your skin, not scratchy or abrasive. It wicks moisture away and is unbelievably tough, lasting year after year. And they back up what they sell with a 100% money-back guarantee if you're not happy. Take a look. TheBuffaloWoolCo.com TheBuffaloWoolCo.com It's simple. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com Some of the most outstanding memories in Brendan's young life have been the hunting trips that he takes with Dad. Duck, doves, quail. But the good times aren't just reserved for the dove field or the deer blind. They all start in the cab of that classic Chevrolet when you pull out of the drive. Um, the corner store, you get a snack, and you get to stop at Bucky's. Because it's Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun hiding from the cold with Dad in a duck blind. And the ice doesn't seem that bad out in that old flat-bottom boat for a little while. A decoy, he starts it up. And sometimes the decoys make noises, I think. Or if, it does, if that doesn't work, he just uses his call. And then they just come, but sometimes we come back with nothing. But home away from home is that classic Chevrolet. I love sleeping in the car and then waking up still in the car as well. I can just feel the comfort knowing that will be fun. At Classic Chevrolet, we sell memory makers. Come get yours. ClassicChevrolet.com have to have four-wheel drive to get to this camp house. The helicopter will do the trick. This is Kinder Outdoors. Hey, I'd like to ask you to please come and join me on November 1st. That's a Monday. Nobody wants to go to work on Monday anyway. I'm going to be at the Northwestern Mutual Sporting Clay Shoot at the Dallas Gun Club. If you live in North Texas, if you're visiting on business in North Texas on Monday, November 1st or that week, Come in a little early and come shoot with us because it all benefits Team Connor Childhood Cancer Foundation. These guys work so very hard and have for years. This is the 11th annual shoot, researching and fighting children's cancer. Recruit your friends, your colleagues. Come on out. Purchase a slot for your team. You can learn more about this shoot when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. 
hey, I want to learn a little something about spikes and funky antlers on the show today. And so we're going to go directly to our big game pro, uh, pro staffer here at Kinder Outdoors. And that's my good friend, Larry Wysoon, Mr. Whitetail. Let me get this straight. Mr. Whitetail is out laying on the beach. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> well, not quite. My wife is. I'm down here at, at Port Aransas trying to do a little fishing starting tomorrow. So for a couple of days before we start this serious business of whitetail deer hunting, which is right around the corner. And actually, I guess it started on a lot of different places already through the here in Texas with MLD and, and also in a lot of the other states. Of course, archery season has been going on all over the place as well, too. So, But I'm about to kick off my whitetail hunts here in about another, oh, say, two weeks or so. Yep, I'm right there with you. And I and I look forward to our visit uh, in the dark on opening morning. You know that text is a great thing. Billy, <laughs> I do too. That's kind of become a tradition, and one we're going to continue as long as we earthly possibly can. <laughs> hey, I want to talk to you a little bit about some stuff that we see on our cameras uh, this time of year, and that's spikes. Why? Why? Why are some deer spikes, Mister Biologist? Mostly when you get right down to it, it's a matter of nutrition more than anything else. You know, there there could be such a thing as a genetic spike, but uh, the possibilities of that or, or probability of it even is, is very, very small. So for the most part, it's simply a matter of the fact that body is going to take precedence over antler development, particularly once until you get into those older age classes. But for the most part, spikes are the result of a lack of, of proper nutrition. So, with with you telling me that, that it's a nutritional deal, uh, then that kind of blows the old theory out of the water that a spike is a spike is a spike, and that's all he's ever going to be is a spike. Is that right? Well, yes, to a point. But, you know, if you shoot them as a spike, I can guarantee you they're never going to get any bigger. <laughs> but that's yes, a good point. <laughs> you're, you're, you're right. Uh, the, the spikes, you know, there's a lot of research that's been done over the years. And, and as I say, there's the possibility of a genetic spike. But almost all the spikes that I have watched over the years turned into at least an acceptable buck. Maybe they're not going to turn into the, you know, the Boone and Crockett class type of deer. But for the most part, they're turned into a buck with antlers that most anybody would be, you know, pleased with taking. So, but it takes a couple of years sometimes. And one of the things that happens, too, is as we have gone into a very intensive management program in a lot of these places, up to about 80% of the six-month-old doe fawns, the fawns that were born this year, will get bred in February. And if they, and even, and even a little bit later sometimes, and if they produce a buck fawn, that buck fawn is about three months behind all the rest of them. So his chances are he's going to be a spike. Hmm. That's so interesting. That's very because of lack of early nutrition that the other guys had. Yes, sir, exactly. Uh, on most of these places where we're, well, let's say people are supplemental feeding and they're doing it on a year-round basis rather than just a seasonal basis, or even on those properties where it's the range is managed for the the, the very best of, of nutrition for deer. You really only see a very small percentage of of uh, bucks with spikes, and then those that are are almost if you could backdate them somewhat, you'd find that their mother probably was six months old when she was bred. Wow, that is so interesting, very interesting. Now answer me this: sometimes we see a, a 
a good-looking, big, healthy-bodied buck, and he's a beautiful four-point on one side or five. And on the other side, he's a spike or he's gnarly horned. What's going on with that? It, it could be an uh, injury to the pedicle to where that growing surface kind of thing. That is a possibility. But in most instances, when you find one side grossly deformed, it's a result of an injury to either a hind leg or a front leg. If the hind leg uh, on a deer, the bone is broken, and it takes a, just the slightest crack in a bone, every year thereafter, the opposite side of that, if he's got a left break in, or break in his left leg, every year thereafter on the right side, that antler is not going to be quite the same as the one on, on, the side, the, on the other side. If it's a break in the front leg, it can go either side to where it can be on the, the, the deformed antler can be on the break side or it could be on the opposite side. But interestingly, with a, with a hind leg injury, anywhere from about the, oh, from the, from the pelvis on down and back, if there's an injury every year thereafter, the opposite antler is going to be deformed. So that's a very strongly a possibility that maybe the animal got shot or it tried to jump a fence or, you know, in a, in a fight and got a broken leg, but it takes a break. Deer have essentially seven major nerves that run down into their hind leg, and we were look, we looked at this years ago through the Wildlife Disease Project when I was at Texas A&M, and, and we went in to serially cut each particular nerve and combination, and the, the only crossover there is in the body is the left side of your brain controls your right side, right side controls your left side, so we thought it might be a nerve thing. We found that no matter what kind of nerve damage we we artificially produced on those deer, it, it didn't have any effect. But you could go in there and there'd be the slightest little break. And I mean, it sounds horrible to say, but we're doing a tremendous amount of research because there's some possibilities there for human uh, research as well, too, as far as bone breaking. And you could just crack that leg just a little bit and have the tiniest, tiniest of cracks. And every year thereafter, the opposite antler would be deformed. Wow. I broke my left ankle one time, and I missed a deer that fall. Could there be a correlation there? I think, I think you finally figured it out. But you shoot right in, right? Uh, Larry, have you ever have you ever shot or seen or been close to an antler doe? You know, over the years, I've looked at lots and lots of quote unquote antler does, and was able to literally take them apart. And in almost every instance, even though that doe uh, from the outside and even sometime inside was totally a doe, if you looked, you would some find, somewhere in there find the kind of a vestigial uh, testicle that produced enough testosterone for them to go through the antler cycle. So I'm not sure that I've ever seen a doe that was truly a doe in every respect that did not have some Something there that produced testosterone to cause that antler to grow. Hmm. Very interesting. Here's what I know about spikes and funky antlers. They taste pretty doggone good next to the mashed potatoes. <laughs> you, you know what? You're exactly right. I, I get sick sometimes. You know, I, I love big antlers. There's, there's no doubt about it. But at, at the same time, I, there's something to be said about venison, and it is absolutely delicious. It's so very good for us, and thank goodness it's, it's time to fill our freezers once again. <laughs> it is, yeah. I made a big old pot of venison taco soup yesterday that we're going to be grazing. Mag, man, yep. it came in with that first little bust of cold air that came through, and it was mighty good. <laughs> Larry, good talking to you, buddy. <laughs> Thank it's you much. Great.
Look forward to our visit on the opening morning. Well. He earned the nickname Mr. Whitetail many, many moons ago. That's my good friend Larry Wysoon. Talking about, very interesting, talking about spikes and funky antlers. This corner of the camp house is brought to you by Calming Care from the trusted name Purina. It helps settle that dog that tears up the house during a thunderstorm. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, let's stretch our legs for a minute or two, and then I want you to meet Ron Hules. He's the president of the National Shoot to Retrieve Association. This is professional hunter Ivan Carter, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about the great outdoors with Kinder Outdoors. Winter at the lake is a wonderful thing. The still, quiet solace of the woods and water at Grapevine Lake offer the perfect opportunity to slow the season down a bit. Tucked away behind a secure gated entry and snuggled on the still shore of Grapevine Lake is the national award-winning Vineyards Campground and Cabins. Full hookups, lightning-fast Wi-Fi, and cable TV at every campsite and cabin keep you connected, even when you're getting away. The Vineyards sites and fully furnished cabins are the perfect place to kick off the new year and enjoy the great outdoors. Our unique location makes you feel far away from the hustle and bustle when you're just a few blocks from historic downtown Grapevine, the Christmas capital of Texas, offering shops, restaurants, and all the sights and sounds of the season. Cozy cabins, spacious pull-through sites, and a camp store on site to provide whatever you need. Always keeping your health and safety a priority. Come enjoy nature's original way to social distance. Come see us this winter. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com. Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall, the Dead Rabbit Lodge. <laughs> you see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits, therefore the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Owyhee. The view from your giant Western Canada Red Cedar Lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom, perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef, oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the dead rabbit. National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted in just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read, because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and we say, hey... That's phony. This is, this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read The Tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says, The Tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. Santa Claus is coming to town, but when he's back home, he likes to crappie fish. 
I'm Mr. Crappie, Wally Marshall, and I've got great gift ideas for the crappie angler on your list this year. Let's start with a new rod like my speed shooter rods under 50 bucks. Pair that up with a Wally Marshall speed shooter reel, and you're going to make someone dang happy on Christmas morning. For the crappie angler that already has everything under the sun, I guarantee it they will welcome the new Wally Marshall Pro Target rods in their boat. Hey, I'm pretty sure that's all Santa Claus uses. <laughs> I partnered with Luz, one of the finest rod bakers in history, to produce the Wally Marshall Classic Series, the most sensitive and hard-working crappie rods ever. Fill that stocking with Mr. Crappie by Strike King Baits, surefire fish catchers for 30 years, all of my proven colors along with five new ones. Lose.com, StrikeKing.com, and MrCroppy.com. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> Somewhere over this horizon sit a million little dictators, eager to purge humanity of its hunting instincts. Contrived emotions flood from their air-conditioned, glass-paneled, Wi-Fi-enabled habitats. Over the mountains, out into the wild from which they hate to admit they emerged their foolish quest to force nature to fit their feelings threatens the survival of every living thing on our planet if their fevered tantrums are ever imposed the earth will be ruled by the deadliest combination in the natural world human ignorance and human arrogance travel another path the truest path, nature's path. Trust the hunter in your blood. Hunters and fishermen gather here every week. Boy, we need another freezer. This camp house is Kinder Outdoors. Hey, do you hunt quail in West Texas? Did you see that report uh, come out this week, the official report from the state, that mediocre at best bird numbers, it's not going to be good. Hey, take your dog where you can actually get into birds and eat pretty good and sleep well and smile the whole time. Uh, visit my friends at Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country. Beretta endorsed, Orvis endorsed. And guaranteed birds, the best bird hunting in Texas, is at Joshua Creek Ranch. And details are at Kinder, K-I-N-D-E-R, KinderOutdoors.com. Hey, are you one of those guys that's had bird dogs for years uh, and you love to wild bird hunt, but you've just never really stepped into the field trial world for whatever reason? Let's talk about it a little bit. I want you to meet Ron Kules. He is the president of the National Shoot to Retrieve Association, Walking Trials. Ron, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me. Absolutely, you betcha. Um, Ron Hules is the president of uh, an organization that uh, I was a proud member of for a long, long time, the National Shoot to Retrieve Association, NSTRA. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about that and about a very special field trial that you guys just wrapped up in Sparta, Illinois. Uh, Ron, for folks that don't know, uh, and maybe they're not even familiar with the field trial world, tell us a little bit about National Shoot to Retrieve Association trials. How does this work? Well, it's a wonderful organization. It was found, founded by uh, four gentlemen back in 1970s, uh, two from Indiana, two from Illinois. And uh, those were just bird dog 
folks that enjoyed their dogs and watching them work their trade in the in the field and uh, decided that the bird dog uh, season was too short. How can we uh, extend that a little bit and have fun with our dogs and enjoy them? And so they said, let's just try a little competition between us four. So they had a, a little what they called a competition, and first thing you know, it developed into two other people wanted to get in it. And, well, I went in on that competition, and, and first thing you know, they had like 10 or 12. So they, well, why don't we do this in, in some other states? So they sat down and made up some bylaws and, and uh, some rules, basic, basic rules back in those days, and uh, started to have fun. And uh, people from Kentucky said, wow, this is a pretty nice thing these guys got going. So they uh, wanted to join in on it. And uh, it, it evolved over the last 35 to 40 years into something that's uh, uh, somewhere in the vicinity of 2,000 strong. And we now have uh, uh, chapters in uh, just about every state in the union. We've got 31 chapters. We've got uh, one in uh, central Canada. We've got two more coming on in uh, one in Alberta, Canada, Manitoba, and we've got one coming on in southern Ontario this coming fall and spring of next year. So we're really growing. We have a lot of uh, uh, females that love bird dogs and handle their dogs and do very, very well, uh, even on a national level. So, uh, uh, Yeah, and no reason to be intimidated at all. Um, if you uh, think you might want to come out and bring your bird dog and enjoy field trialing, um, I can I can tell you firsthand. There's no reason to be intimidated by by anyone, Ron. People are generally pretty helpful uh, and welcoming at these field trials. Well, and that and besides that, we've got several programs to introduce you to field trialing, and uh, we've got a mentoring program where you come out and uh, they'll have an older gentleman or an older lady that's been in it a while, and you're permitted to walk with that lady in the field and our gentlemen and say, look, this is how it's done, and this is what you should be doing over here. Eight braces you can walk. A brace is a 30-minute competition between two dogs, and uh, it's judged by two different judges, and uh, they can uh, mentor you and, and get you up and running and, and see if you like it and enjoy it. We have an amateur program that we're very, very proud of that we just started here about three or four years ago, and uh, uh, it, it, it helps the younger dogs and the younger handlers uh, get their feet wet, you might say, and uh, taste this real nice sport that we've got here called shoot-to-retrieve field trialing. Uh, you get to love your dog and watch him work and do his craft and get better at it and learn what you what – it's just very enjoyable. we got a lot of fellowship. Uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful way to spend the afternoon outside in the outdoors uh, with man's best friend, your bird dog. You betcha. Yeah, one of the reasons that I enjoy it, and there are a lot of very high-quality and great field trial organizations around the world. Um, the reason I enjoyed Nastra a lot is because they're walking trials. You're not on horseback. I don't have to have the investment of a horse uh, and some other things that that it takes to uh, to run in those horseback trials. I can, on a working man's budget, Go out and get five birds planted for me for about the same cost that uh, that I would pay to buy five birds to work my dog over. Uh, but someone's planting them for me, and I get a great workout with my dog while I'm competing. I, I just loved everything about it. It's a wonderful organization. It's uh, uh, it just gets into your blood, and uh, if you've got uh, any kind of outdoor activity that you would like, it's excellent for. For uh, young folks that like to, to uh, live a healthy lifestyle, there's a lots of walking to it. 
if you happen to be an older gentleman like myself, uh, we have another uh, uh, thing that you can uh, ride a four-wheeler and uh, uh, enjoy your dog, and still you don't have to be so much physical. Uh, there's yep. a little bit of everything for everyone in this, this sport that we all love. You betcha. Absolutely. Enjoy your bird dog beyond the bird season. That's the way it was initially set up, and it's still a great outlet uh, these days. Field trials all over the country. There's one close to you. If you would like to observe, they'd love to have you. It all starts at nstra.org. Check that out, nastra.org, and find a field trial like you and uh, go visit. Uh, We only have a minute left, uh, Ron, but I do want to touch very briefly on an incredible trial that you guys do uh, host each year in Sparta, Illinois, for Shriners Hospitals. You just did it last weekend. Great success. We had a wonderful trial. We've been doing this long before I was ever in charge of it. They've been doing this for 20, 25 years. We've, uh, we raised everybody from all of NASA knows that in the third week of, of October every year, everyone comes to Southern Illinois, and we meet at a place called the World Shooting Complex held in Sparta, Illinois. And uh, we have four fields there, sometimes six fields, and we, everyone donates their time. They donate their investment. They donate their everything. Is We put all the money in one sack and give it all to Shriners Children's Hospital. And uh, we've been having in excess of $650,000 that's been donated over the 20, 23 years that it's been held here in Southern Illinois. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. It makes you feel great. Uh, the camaraderie is wonderful. We they, all the food is donated by shrine organizations, all for crippled children. Uh, we raised about twenty twenty-five thousand dollars here last weekend, and that'll all go to Shriners Trail Children's Hospital. Um, wow! It's, it's just a heck of a nice field trial for a heck of a nice cause. Yeah, that's reason enough. That one field trial is reason enough to pick up a NASTRA membership and go play next year. Ron, uh, love what you guys are doing at NASTRA. Keep up the good work. I appreciate it very much, and thank you for the opportunity. NSTRA.org, right? Yes, sir. That is Ron Hules, president of the National Shoot to Retrieve Association. My buddy, Mr. Crappie Wally Marshall, you guys know Waldo. He has been a bird hunter and a bird dog owner all of his life, most of his life. He went with me to Joshua Creek this past January, and this guy's been around a time or two, okay? He said, Billy, that's the best bird hunting I've ever done in my life. And that's what you'll say, too. Look into Joshua Creek Ranch at kinderoutdoors.com. The king is here. It's Kevin Van Dam, uh, very arguably the king of bass fishing, all-timer. Kevin, welcome back to the show, buddy. Man, it is uh, that time of year, isn't it? It is. I know you're a tormented man this time of year. Should you be chasing fall bass? Should you be in a tree with a bow in your hand? It's it's a tough time of year. You can't. There's not enough hours in the day. Yeah. Then you throw the ducks in the mix too, and it just makes it even uh, triply hard. <laughs> well, I'm here to offer free therapy to KVD. Right after I get a fresh cup of coffee. Hang on, Kevin. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Stephen Browning, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Now Billy, I've got to go fishing, so while I'm gone, make sure you leave those turkeys around my house alone.
Roy Holdridge and True Life Taxidermy in Granbury, Texas are award-winning artists many times over. And for several reasons. God-given talent is the starting point, followed by a work ethic that won't allow second best. Roy is also a lifelong and well-traveled hunter. He spent countless hours in the field glassing and studying wildlife around the globe. When you trust your rare and timeless memory to True Life Taxidermy Granberry, be assured that you're working with the very best in the business. My home is a testament to Roy's work at True Life Taxidermy. The pheasants, the whitetails, the axis, the fish, all perfectly preserved. True Life Granberry is the only stop you need to make after the hunt, offering not only world-class taxidermy, but wild game processing too. Headed for Africa, New Zealand, Colorado, Montana, or any place else? No problem. True Life is well-versed in import and transport state-to-state or around the globe. You can trust True Life Taxidermy. TrueLifeTaxidermy.org. Don't head to the country without stopping at Teskey's Outdoors and Weather. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we are on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Megara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection, too. Teskey's Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the Rancher Lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader, deer blinds, speed, and feeders available, too. We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teskey's Outdoors on the south side of I-20, just west of Weatherford. There are some very important factors to check when purchasing a hunting blind. They need to be quiet. They need to have an all-day hunt level of comfort. It's got to be dry inside, even in a downpour. Dillon hunting blinds have earned a strong reputation across North America for their durability, insulation, and marine decking fiberglass floor that will never rot in every blind. Plus smart components like an aluminum RV type door, real glass in the windows that flip in and up with quiet and simple to use friction hinges, drip rails on the windows and above the door to keep the wet out. Hey, anyone can build a box. Dillon builds hunting blinds. Conceived, drawn up, constructed, and used by hunters. Lightweight and durable, completely assembled, fiberglass inside and out, with foam insulation in between. You can't beat a Dillon. For a dealer near you or to become a dealer, visit DillonManuf.com. That's D-I-L-L-O-N-M-A-N-U-F.com. Wing shooting in Argentina is an activity that must be experienced rather than explained. Dove are considered to be a plague in the area, so there are no bag limits, and there are no seasons to hunt them. We've got 20 million birds on the roost, and they're there 365 days a year. They're there every day, all day. They fly eight hours a day, every day. At Cordoba Doves, you'll enjoy delicious food, exceptional hospitality, beverages in the field, your own personal bird boy. Bird boy's job is to pour shells in your bag uh, when you're going through a box every five minutes and keep count of the birds that you've shot and to bring you something to drink every few minutes. At the end of the day, we pick up all the hulls and pick up the birds, but you can't send him out to pick up birds at six or eight hundred times a day. Experience the very best that Argentina has to offer through Cordoba Doves. Contact the U.S. Representative Lane Balky at cordobadoves.com. 
My name is José Grasso, the owner of JJ Caseria. Can see me in Argentina. Fish came from our waters, the meat from our fields, the heritage and history from our hearts. Glad you're in camp with us at Kinder Outdoors. Yes, we are, and also very excited to uh, partner with my friends at Joshua Creek Ranch. I don't tell you or endorse or talk about products and places that aren't worth your time. If you hear it on this show, it's been fully vetted. That's been the popular term over the past few years, huh? <laughs> we know about it. We've hunted Joshua Creek Ranch and fished there for years now, Robin and my whole family and I. I've killed some beautiful Axis deer. I've shared a lot of wonderful personal time with Joe and Ann Kirchival, the owners. You're going to love this place, Joshua Creek Ranch. Look into a membership for your family or maybe a corporate membership would fit you better. Joshua Creek Ranch. KinderOutdoors.com details. Hey, let's travel to the great state of Michigan. There he is again. My friend Kevin Van Dam. Kevin, it's bow season, and I want to talk to you about that. Have you been up in a tree yet? Um, you know what? I got out for the first time last night. I mean, we've had really unseasonably warm weather um, really in September and then and for sure the first two weeks of October, and it, it just turned with that, I mean, that first cold front and and the deer just, the activity just went crazy. You know, they've been waiting for it, too. When do your deer there in Michigan, uh, in your area, when do they typically rut? When When is it full speed ahead? Yeah, we're we're a November rut here. Basically, just like the whole Midwest, um, you know, it, it it's it's prime time. You know, the first two weeks in November are, are really the key, key, key time to be in the woods. Yeah. Okay, so fall, when fall rolls around, you're Kevin Van Dam. You get great opportunities to go chase deer with people in different parts of the country. Have you have you been somewhere in the past where it's on your bucket list now, you're going back? Um, you know, I've got two um, out-of-state deer hunts scheduled this year. I'm, I'm actually going to Colorado. I drew a mule deer tag out there. Um, right at I'm leaving on Halloween believe it or not and um, I'm also going to South Texas in December and that, that's a really really special place we're actually going down there to a place called Whoville Ranch uh, it's a friend of mine um, that uh, bought this place a few years ago and has been really really intensely managing it and it's uh, it's it's like no place I've ever seen so it's definitely a bucket list I'm familiar with that ranch, not because I've been inside the gate, uh, but because I've heard rumors and stories about this place. I understand that you could shoot a record, uh, a record book buck, and and catch double digit bass the same day. <laughs> it's a pretty good, uh, yeah. It's right by Choke Canyon Reservoir, um, you know, about 30 minutes away, and that's it's a, that place has just been on fire, um, you know, the last couple of years. And then obviously the deer hunting there at Whoville is is pretty dang pretty darn special as well. So it's a cool spot. They've got a couple of little tanks on it that that got pretty good fishing in them as well. So 
Yep, that's that's what I hear. Hey, uh, talk to us a little bit about fall smallmouth. You know, I'm a Texas boy, and and uh, when we catch a smallmouth bass in Texas, man, that's a pretty special occasion. We get all pumped up, and it's on our social media, and and we're all excited about it. You're in smallmouth mecca country up there. Uh, how do you go about chasing them in the fall? Well, it's it's really. Um really really prime time currently just based on the weather we've had this year with it with it being a warmer than normal fall because the water temperatures have stayed up there but the fish still react by the length of day you know the daylight just like the deer rut or anything else so they've moved to to their fall areas they're a little more a little more scattered at times but um so the fishing's been really good, you know, on moving baits, you know, up, up till now. I mean, our water temperature is probably 10 or 15 degrees warmer than what it should be the same time of year. So the spinnerbait bite has been really, really good. The, you know, the crankbait bite is really good. The, you know, jerkbaits, anything topwater even has is, is lasted much longer into the season than on a normal year. It's special. It's something that I don't take for granted and one of my favorite things to do. And with the weather conditions being the way that it is, it makes it real easy to pick between deer hunting and, and, and fishing. You know, you're going to go fishing every day when it's like that. So, But when you get that big cold front and you get the high-pressure skies afterwards, that's the day you go deer hunting. Yep, there you go. Uh, so tell me about, you know, the Upper Peninsula. I've got buddies that have ventured off to the, upper, to the UP, and they've gone up there chasing grouse and woodcock. And they come back just covered with blood. And, I mean, it's it's supposed to be a gentleman's sport, and uh, you know, you're upland bird hunting. But evidently, those birds live in the thickest of the thick. Do you do you do that? Yeah, they. I have. Um, you know, there's there's a good bit of uh, timber, you know, timber management that goes on up there. A lot of clear cuts, and that's what those grouse and woodcock uh, really gravitate towards. That new growth, those new growth cutovers and it is it's they grow so close together it's hard to it's hard to walk through i mean the dogs even get tore up up there you know from it but it is it's pretty darn special um area to do and that's that's the great thing about michigan is we have so many things going on at the same time um you know there's eleven thousand lakes so you got a lot of a lot of places to fish but you know good bird hunting in the upper part of the state um you know obviously there's deer and turkey and everything as well but uh, that's something that a lot of people look forward to a lot of people travel from all over the country for that woodcock migration yeah literally literally all over the world people come from other countries to hunt uh woodcock and grouse up in the uh in the up yeah it's a wonderful wonderful world for an outdoorsman where you were born and raised there and the deer are you guys grow some pretty healthy deer up in your neck of the woods yeah, you know, I live in the southern part of the state, and, you know, we have the potential for really big deer. It's just, you know, the the tracts of land are are fairly small compared to Texas or, you know, other places like that. So it's hard to let them get age, and we and we do get a lot of pressure. I mean, I think Michigan, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Texas have the three most uh, whitetail hunters in the country, and so that's a little bit of a uh, a challenge, but I mean, we've got good deer though, for sure. You know, I mean, every, every year around my place, we'll have a, you know, a deer that's in the 150 inch range or better, you know, hanging around and that's a trophy deer anywhere. That is a trophy deer anywhere. Yeah. West Texas guy gets fired up about, 
about 150 inches on his cameras. I, I think a lot of people maybe don't know that you guys actually have an elk season uh, there in Michigan. Yeah, you know, it's kind of one of those conservation success stories that they reintroduced them to the northern part of the lower peninsula. And, uh, boy, it didn't take very long till they have a huntable population. So it's it's a draw uh, system, and it's it's hard. It's kind of like a it's like winning the lottery, you know. It's kind of a once in a lifetime deal, but you know you, you got to put in every year. And I haven't gotten drawn, you know, for it yet. But if you do, it's a it's a pretty special thing. So it's neat just to know they're around. Um, I've got a friend that has some property right in the heart of it, and uh, to see that elk sign. It's unreal, and of course you can, you know, you go around in September, and you're going to hear them bugling, and um, you know, hear them carrying on even from a distance. So it's just, it's, it's kind of strange when, you, you know, you're not used to that in in Michigan. You bet. Hey, if we wanted to build a a perfect rod and reel combo for the angler in our family for Christmas, what would what should we get him? What can you recommend? You know, the best multi-purpose outfit that you can get is a you know a seven foot medium heavy action bait caster with a with a good you know uh high speed reel on it you can you can do a little bit of everything with that so you know i've got my own signature series at lose and uh the great thing about them is it's top-notch equipment and it it's uh really affordable to get still so hey send pictures from uh, colorado when you drop that big uh, mule deer or whitetail whatever you're chasing <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, it's it's mule deer, so let's, I'm hoping. I got my fingers crossed. <laughs> hey, we're cheering for you, Kevin. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Be safe. You bet, man. Thank you. Genesis chapter 9, God himself told man that if it flies, moves on the earth, or swims in the water, it is meat for us. What a gracious God we have. We celebrate that in this old camp house, Kinder Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to our campfire. Sure good to have you with us here at Kinder Outdoors today. And if you'll come see me at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R, kinderoutdoors.com. Got a video there. Uh, for you to take a look at. Pretty cool video. It comes from the folks down in Georgia with the Department of Natural Resources. A bottlenose dolphin, which is the dolphin we're most familiar with, got caught up in the buoy lines of a crab trap. This was near Richland Hill back on August 4th. Senior wildlife biologist Clay George and his crew headed that way, and they found the buoy rope of that trap wrapped tightly around the dolphin's tail. With the weight of the trap pulling her under, she struggled to surface or breathe. They have to come up and breathe just like we do. Most dolphin entanglements are straightforward. This one, just the opposite. She had managed to roll and twist over 20 feet of rope around her tail. She had a calf close by, too young to survive alone. So a pretty important rescue. I want you to watch the video of this four-person team as they snag the line, control the tail, which is nothing but a 300-pound muscle, loosen and cut the rope, and free this dolphin. And it's at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, are you chasing uh, upland birds in Montana today? 
maybe pheasants in South Dakota. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing with your hard-working bird dog, make sure that you fuel them up right at the end of the day with Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula. 30% protein, 20% fat. And you'll find it at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Hey, here's one you might want to take a shot at. The Arizona Big Game Super Raffle is bringing back their special fall raffle that'll give one lucky hunter a unique combo, bear, mountain lion, and javelina. And that hunt package includes seven days of guiding with an Arizona outfitter, Derringer Outfitters, as well as all of your meals and lodging. Tickets are $25 each, and the deadline is November 30th to make your purchase. The link is at kinderoutdoors.com. Texas Parks and Wildlife Department biologists are saying that the factors are coming together for a pretty doggone good waterfowl season. Millions of ducks in the central flyway and promising conditions in many parts of the state. For the second straight year, the May breeding waterfowl survey was canceled in Texas due to COVID-19 concerns. So, Texas Parks and Wildlife Department biologists largely relied on fellow biologists in the breeding grounds of Canada and the United States prairie states to help them put their Texas forecast together. Kevin Cry is the TPWD waterfowl program leader and said that there are millions of ducks in the central flyway and we're on the heels of multiple excellent breeding seasons for ducks over the last few years. The special youth-only duck season occurs in the High Plains Mallard Management Unit this weekend, followed by the youth-only duck season in the South Zone next weekend, and the North Zone, November 6th and 7th. <laughs> November 13th marks the opening day in Kansas for the regular quail and pheasant seasons. September 15 marked the opening day of Kansas regular greater prairie chicken season. That's the trifecta in upland hunting in the sunflower state. Wing shooters will be happy to hear that the 2021 outlook is promising. Kansas' popular upland game bird populations once again appear to be faring well. It may be difficult for hunters, though, to narrow down the best locations to hunt, especially you out-of-staters. A lot of folks drive to Kansas with their bird dogs. Make sure in advance of your trip that you get your hands on a copy of the 2021 Kansas Upland Bird Forecast. Produced annually by KDWP, the Upland Bird Forecast is compiled from data collected using the department's spring calling surveys for pheasants, crow counts, quail, whistle counts, and prairie chickens, lek counts, as well as late summer roadside counts for pheasant and quail. Kansas continues to support above-average quail populations with spring density similar to last year, including significant increases in the Smoky Hills region of north-central Kansas, and the Flint Hills. Above-average spring rainfall created good nesting cover across most of the primary pheasant range, too. Some areas in far west Kansas had better nesting conditions than observed in a decade. Measures of reproductions were greatly improved across most regions in Kansas this year, and Kansas should again be among the leading states for fall harvest of pheasants. Greater prairie chickens have recently expanded in numbers and range in the northwestern portion of the state of Kansas, while declining in their eastern regions. Hunting opportunities will be best in the northern High Plains and Smoky Hills region this fall. 
Hey, you'll find Purina Pro Plan and all of those great formulas for every lifestyle and every age at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Missouri, and Kansas. Even dogs with special conditions like an itchy coat. Yeah, there's a Pro Plan formula for each and every dog. Pick up a bag at Atwood's. Take a look at the bragging board at kinderoutdoors.com, and you'll see the record breaker. I'm talking about Bruce Bartlett's 26-pound, 6.4-ounce red grouper, the new Georgia state record. It breaks the old state record by almost 7 pounds. Good job, Bruce. Hey, this is Texas State Turkey Calling Champion Louis Wise, the fourth. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Santa Claus is coming to town, but when he's back home, he likes to crappie fish. I'm Mr. Crappie, Wally Marshall, and I've got great gift ideas for the crappie angler on your list this year. Let's start with a new rod like my speed shooter rods under 50 bucks. Pair that up with a Wally Marshall speed shooter reel, and you're going to make someone dang happy on Christmas morning. For the crappie angler that already has everything under the sun, I guarantee it they will welcome the new Wally Marshall Pro Target rods in their boat. Hey, I'm pretty sure that's all Santa Claus uses. <laughs> I partnered with Luz, one of the finest rod bakers in history, to produce the Wally Marshall Classic Series, the most sensitive and hard-working crappie rods ever. Fill that stocking with Mr. Crappie by Strike King Baits, surefire fish catchers for 30 years, all of my proven colors along with fine new ones. Lose.com, StrikeKing.com, and MrCroppy.com. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> you might hunt the south pasture, or maybe the double tanks. You've watched that big 10-point for four years now. Maybe he'll show up. Or maybe it's a doe you'll hang in the cooler tonight. We're almost out of sausage links and taco meat. Maybe a pig will come by today. Among all the maybes, there is an absolute. Take your wild game to Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. The Masakio family and their decades of family recipes will have your guests at a whitetail dinner complimenting you on the beef. Because we, the way we season them and then we, we cry vac them, vacuum seal them, and then let them sit, and then we put them in the freezer. So it, the, the spices get to work on the meat for a little bit. If you'll cook them just like a regular filet, you know, like medium rare or rare, it's perfect. I mean, it's, you can't tell the difference. Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. CinnamonCreekRanch.com Don't head to the country without stopping at Teskey's Outdoors and Weatherford. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we are on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Bagara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection, too. Teskey's Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the Rancher Lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader, deer blinds, feed, and feeders available, too. 
We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teske's Outdoors on the south side of Bayou 20, just west of Weatherford. From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock, you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth, and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. NorfolkResort.com Outdoorsmen and women, hunters, shooters, and fishers are the reason that wild creatures roam bountifully in wild places. This is where we come together to talk about it. Kinder Outdoors. Hey, if you were to visit the very highly respected and world-famous Ronnie Smith Kennels up in Oklahoma, you'd notice that he feeds his personal dogs and his client dogs Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula. 30% protein, 20% fat. So do 89% of the field trial champions across North America. Pick up a bag for your champ. ProPlan is at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Hey, I want to talk to Ronnie Smith about bird dogs. Welcome, Ronnie. It's always good to see you. Uh, bird seasons are opening up across the country. A lot of them have been open since the 1st of September. We're eager to hit the field, and some guys are going to be out there with that with that young dog. He's, You know, maybe he was a puppy a year ago, but he's had his formal training, and now he's ready to run with the big dogs. But you're not just going to turn him loose and expect or treat him the same as you would those older, more seasoned dogs, are you? No, you don't. And, and I'll touch on you know a, li- a little bit. You get out of it what you put into it. So first of all, if your dog's not in physical condition, um, don't get upset when he, he loses focus and is walking beside you or behind you. Um, if he's not seen birds or you've not been working on him to show him what it is you expect of him in the field, don't get upset when that doesn't happen. You've not put the time in, so you're going to get what, what you've not done. Um, second, if, if you've done all of these things, what we do when we go to wild birds, uh, I'm not very demanding on those dogs whenever I first transition to wild birds. It is more important to me um, for a dog to go out there and, and be focused and intent on finding game and not worried about his manners. Um, once he starts finding birds with, with good consistency, um, my foundation is already in place. I've already done my training during the summer. Uh, it's very easy and very quick to go ahead and tune him back up. But, I, I, Bill, I've gone down there in years and, and had hunters uh, be feeling some pressure about dogs having to be perfect and, um, and ask 
that they were too um, perfect on the front end when we first started the season, and uh, and it hampered their bird finding ability. I uh, want to pay close attention to them. It's really easy for us to get uh, wrapped up and excited in the hunt. Maybe another dog over here is doing well, but we need to keep a close eye on that young dog. Well, that's right. And two, think about make sure that you don't just get caught up in in shooting birds. I mean, I know that's why we're out there. We're out there to hunt. But there's so much more going on than that. You can just take in. Uh, the environment, uh, it's stress-free out there. Watch your dogs. Learn to just watch your dogs and, and let them tell you what to do. Uh, make sure that your young dog, if he's a good backing dog, is not taking a, a, a subservient role. Um, some of those first-year dogs will, um, everything looks like it's in place, and you think, yeah, I'm an old rip, my eight-year-old dog's finding all the birds, and, and my young dog's backing, and everything's great. But you may look up six weeks later and the same thing's happening. Um, your young dog is now just kind of standing back in the shadows waiting to back Rip, who's the good bird finder. Uh, and the downside to that is is that the first-year dog uh, never becomes that good bird finder. And you won't know it until Rip's gone, and then it'll hit you right between the eyes. Yep, you'll realize it on down the road. So that's happening. What do we do when we recognize what's happening there, that we our dog is just looking for a back, looking for a back? Should we separate those dogs, hunt that young dog alone? Yeah, absolutely. You've got to get him uh, back in the game. You've got to get him refocused. And this is where it takes um, it takes some discipline. Um, it's real easy to, uh, even for me, it's real easy to run those, those finished, those seasoned dogs during the early morning and late evening hours when it's prime time. Uh, just Just be disciplined and turn that young dog loose. Um, sacrifice some some hours, some hunts. Uh, the dividends will pay in the long run. Talk about dividends paying off. What I always, always, always have done with young dogs because it's worked for me is I'll put two of my old season dogs on the ground first on a wild bird hunt, and the minute we locate a, a big, nice covey of birds, I'll kill a bird for that older dog, give him his reward. Then I'll put those older dogs up, give those singles a few minutes to settle. I'll go get that young, broke dog that we've just finished, and I'll take him right back into those singles and let him have some success. That's always worked real good as a game plan for me. Let the older dogs do the work. Find those birds so that we're going to have quick success with a young dog. Have I been on track there? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever whatever works, works. You know, again, your objective is to get that young dog focused and intent. Uh, again, I've seen, I see dogs run by birds all the time, and, and these are good dogs, bird finders. Uh, focus out of all the years I've done this the most important thing I've learned is that if, if a dog is not focused and thinking about birds he's not going to be a bird producer Ronnie Smith and Susanna love train up some of the finest pointing dogs on planet earth when your pup is ready to head out for formal training keep them in mind thank you Ronnie hey we've got just enough time to eat a bite and I want to talk to John Bonnell about that Master Chef John Bonnell, he's our camp house cook. John, uh, some of my buddies from church and I are getting together and headed out on a little sand bass excursion, and we know how good they are on the table. But how about their bigger cousin, the striper? Absolutely want you to try some striper. Now, if you've got a 25-pound striper, let him go. Let somebody else catch him. But when you catch him down at that 2- to 4-pound range, God, they're good on the table. And i got several ways I like to make them. What do you do with your striper? You know, one of my favorite things for striped bass, it's got a great texture for ceviche. And if you like ceviche, it's got one of the most amazing flavors and textures for it. So if you take your striper, cut out any of the bloodlines, 
just pure white meat and cut it into small cubes, get some salty water up to the boiling point, and I mean salty like the ocean salty. Drop those cubes in there for about 10 seconds, that's it, and pull them out. Then put them in a bowl, chill them down, a little bit of diced purple onion, some jalapeno, cilantro, plenty of lime juice and salt. Let it sit for about 20 minutes, and it's outstanding. Grab a bag of corn chips, and you are set, brother. You know, nothing in the hot summertime beats a great uh, bowl of ceviche. That's a great idea. Uh, what if we wanted to uh, do something on the grill or, or maybe with a fryer? Is that an option? Absolutely, especially when you get the saltwater stripers. If you've got stuff coming out of Maryland, like Chesapeake Bay, that is one of the number one fish for the grill that I can think of. Now, I can't sell it commercially in Texas when it's a wild striper. It's a little bit of a different law, but if you've caught it and it's yours on the grill, season it well, a little bit of olive oil, it's one of the best textured and flavored fish you can do. You know, I was going to ask you, you kind of beat me to my next question there, and I'm glad you did. All of our freshwater striper, of course, impounded in our lakes, and then you go to Chesapeake Bay, those fish are actually migrating in from the Atlantic. Uh, in the springtime to spawn, and they're in that briny water. And I was wondering if there was a taste difference uh, and, and cooking difference in those in those fish. You know, there is, actually, and they're slightly different breeds. The, the wild fish coming out of the ocean have a diet with a lot of shrimp in it, and they're just going to be one of the best-flavored fish you can get. What we have in our lakes is a hybrid striper. You can tell the hybrids by looking at them because the stripes coming down their side are broken. The, the solid stripes, all of them are usually the saltwater fish, are hybrid stripers that I believe are a hybrid with a sand bath, have broken stripes as they go down. The flavor is still very good, but it's not quite as perfect as those ocean wild ones. They are incredible. Okay, so those two to five pound stripers, we're going to bring them home and make ceviche and uh, uh, you know, maybe uh, grill a little something up. Hey, if I'm out there pulling topwaters across Texoma or PK, you know, they're making such a comeback. A two to five pounder, I'm going to bring one home, fillet it. It also makes a great fish fry. If you want to make a nice little shiner box batter, we're talking all-purpose flour, a decent amount of salt, pinch of baking powder, start adding beer and whisking until you get a nice batter consistency. Dip it and fry it, brother. You're all set. Mm, sounds great. Hey, tell, uh, tell folks where we can come see you to uh, have dinner or uh, maybe pick up a cookbook. You bet. The Bonnells Restaurant Group, we've got Bonnells Fine Texas Cuisine, Waters Restaurant, our seafood spot, and Buffalo Brothers Pizza Wings and Subs. BonnellsRestaurantGroup.com is the website. You can request recipes for free. We've got information about all our restaurants in Fort Worth. Hey, everybody. It's professional bass angler Gerald Swindle. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it or I'm using the bathroom. With Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Well, not the user of the bathroom part. Well, sometimes outdoors, that's the place to be. <laughs> Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall, the Dead Rabbit Lodge. <laughs> you see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits, therefore the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Owyhee. The view from your giant Western Canada Red Cedar Lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom. 
perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef, oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the Dead Rabbit introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. For the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me. Heroes who charge into battle through bombs and bullets who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore, men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth, who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place. The Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo returns to Dallas and the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center this January. I'm Corey Mason, CEO at DSE, inviting you to join us for our 40th anniversary celebration, January 6th through the 9th. The greatest celebration of science-based, factual conservation, conservation that works, will feature 1,800 booths and vendors from across America and around the world. They will be offering hunting and fishing opportunities, guns, gear, art, fashion, and jewelry. Numerous auctions, both live and silent, daily and open to online bidding from wherever you are. For convention hours, discounts, and information, visit biggame.org. Your ticket or auction purchase will go directly to the DSC mission of conservation, education, and advocacy on Capitol Hill. The DSC Convention and Expo is back. Come celebrate with us January 6th through the 9th in Dallas. Full details at biggame.org and kinderoutdoors.com. <laughs> Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... 
the cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. We believe that a creek full of fish and woods loaded with wildlife are good for our kids. And the kids tend to agree. At Kinder Outdoors, we work hard to preserve both every day. Hey, in case you missed it about an hour ago, Kevin Van Dam is coming up soon to join us to talk about not only fall bass fishing, but hunting as well. He loves to hunt. Big bow hunter. Right now, though, I want to revisit a conversation with Kip Adams with the National Deer Association. Never heard of him? Listen up to our conversation that took place back in February. Hey, I want to talk to you a little bit, and I do appreciate your time, about the National Deer Association. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening today that think, you know, that's a good idea, but I've never heard of that. Who is the National Deer Association? Actually, it's a, it's a brand new organization that, that it combines the efforts of a couple of longstanding organizations, Billy. Uh, QDMA, or the Quality Deer Management Association, that's been around since 1988. We actually merged with the National Deer Alliance uh, this past fall. What it allowed us to do is continue all the great work that, that QDMA has done um, and combine it with the strengths, particularly the advocacy strengths that come over from the, the alliance side and, uh, and make us uh, an even leaner and, uh, and stronger organization for, for deer hunters and deer managers. So uh, for those of that, that see our logo and think, man, I think I recognize that, that that's because it's the exact same logo that QDMA's had uh, for over 30 years. But uh, combined strengths are a little better for hunters out there. Yeah, very good. And and how do you use that strength? I, I heard you say that you represent me in front of our legislators. I like that. Your advocacy. Absolutely. And uh we have uh we fight for, for deer hunters behalf to make sure that we have healthy populations of deer that, that we can hunt, uh that we have the ability to, to go afield and hunt those. Uh we're a science based organization, so uh we specialize in, in education. So we can teach people about deer and deer biology and you know, deer movement patterns. Uh how to enhance habitat for deer. So uh, ultimately, we just want to ensure you know, a future of, of wild deer and our wildlife habitat and hunting. So uh, we're hunters, and uh, we want to make sure that uh, the hunters are first and foremost out there with regard to, to help and manage our, our whitetail populations. The name is the National Deer Association, not the National Whitetail Association. So I'm guessing you guys do research and habitat help and uh, stuff for the mule deer and the coos deer and, and for all of the above. That's right. And uh, and that was a big change, you know, when we merged with the, the alliance, you know, at going from just whitetails to incorporating mule deer and those other subspecies. And and we, uh, we recognize that there's certainly other groups out there that work directly with mule deer. However, uh, we can help a bunch from the legislative side and the advocacy side uh, for, for, for mule deer, uh, black tails, you know, cows, deer, uh, key deer, uh, et cetera. So 
that uh, we've expanded our focus. Uh, you know, we're still at the, at the core, you know, a whitetail organization. We spend a bunch of our time on that, but we have expanded the work that we do to help those other species as well. Because, uh, you know, if you're a deer hunter, particularly if you're in the, the Midwest or the western part of the country, you know, you, you may spend a bunch of time hunting mule deer as well. And uh, those need deer and those hunters uh, need to be spoken for, too. So uh, I, I'm pretty excited that we've expanded that focus to include them. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the National Deer Association Deer Report for, for 2021, because we're doing a better job of letting our bucks get a little older now as hunters nationwide. We're more educated, Kip, and and your results in your in your study uh, res- reflect that. Absolutely. You know, we have been monitoring the age structure of, of the buck harvest for a long time, and it is amazing how differently it is today from a decade or, or more ago. Uh, more hunters today pass younger bucks than ever before. And, you know, historically there was places like South Texas where you could see older bucks, but, man, if you weren't from that part of the world, uh, there wasn't a lot of hunters that got the opportunity to, to see or, or chase older bucks. And uh, that's very different today. We're, we're harvesting a more uh, mature bucks today than ever before, and uh, hunters are really reaping the benefits of some pretty cool deer programs. Deer hunting, whitetail, is the king uh, in North America. And during this past hunting season that we've just wrapped up or wrapping up, nearly 3 million bucks taken during the hunting season. That's bucks alone, uh, which says something to the management of our whitetail herd across America. There's a lot of deer running around. That is for sure. Uh, we have growing deer herds and in many states. Um, some places that's really good. and some places we see some state wildlife agencies that want to, to cut that growth a little bit. But, uh, but that growing buck harvest is, is a sure sign that, yeah, there's a lot of, of strong, healthy deer populations out there and in many cases on the rise. If people want to learn more about the National Deer Association, uh, your website is just awesome, by the way, for uh, the the novice, the beginner, the guy that wants to get started, or gal, and the experienced hunter. You guys have done a great job with your website. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, you know, it's our goal to provide that, that type of information that the hunters are looking for, whether they're brand new or, or very experienced. So uh, the idea is, you know, share this information with them so, uh, you know, it can help them be more successful during the hunting season and uh, be a little better steward of our natural resources. Yeah, DeerAssociation.com is the website, and uh, I've got a link at KinderOutdoors.com. Interesting to me, Kip, how people, uh, how we take our deer, 64%, no surprise, of the 2019-2020 season kill their deer with a uh, with a firearm, 25% bow hunters that number's coming on on up and has been a good number over the past several years and 10 percent with a uh, muzzle loader but it's new jersey that leads the pack in the deer harvest with uh with archery equip- equipment 63 percent a huge number up there and i guess we all get caught in our own little ruts and and what we do and we assume that everyone is like us and that's just not the case we're a diverse group that's for sure, and uh, and you hit on that about that growing number of, of archers out there with that bow hunter harvest increasing. Fifteen years ago, that percentage was only about 15%. So slowly but surely, we're we're taking more deer with with the archery equipment during the year, and uh, in large part, you know, it's many of the same hunters, Billy, that they used to shoot them with a rifle or a shotgun. They've uh, taken advantage of expanded archery opportunities, and in many cases, better uh, weather and uh, shooting some of those deer a little earlier in the hunting season. Yep, there you go. And the good news about the National Deer Association is that you represent all of us, whether we take them with a bow, a muzzleloader, a rifle, uh, whether we hunt uh, mule deer out west or whitetails in Pennsylvania, 
you guys represent us all, but uh, the National Deer Association is a nonprofit conservation group. That means you rely on us, the deer hunter, to keep you going. How can we help? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we're a member-based organization. Uh, we have members all across the United States and Canada and several foreign countries, so uh, uh, you can certainly help us uh, by, by joining uh, Fewer deer hunters belong to an organization like ours than any other species. Uh, a lot more people uh, who are turkey hunters, you know, join a turkey group or duck hunters uh, join a duck. So uh, you're right. We we speak for hunters, and uh, we don't want to see us divided anymore, whether they you know, you pursue, or pursue deer with a bow or muzzleloader or whatever. So uh, we try to stay out of the, what you should shoot them with and stick more into the, hey, let's just make sure we have healthy deer and good opportunities. So uh, we, we say all deer hunters uh, ought to belong because uh, we, we fight for them and we have lots of stuff to offer for them. Hey, Kip, before we go, tell me one good deer hunting story. Did you have a good fall? Man, I sure did. Uh, I, I'm very lucky. Uh, I have two young kids who are just ate up with deer hunting and uh, some nephews that like it. And uh, this past year, I had a great opportunity to, to mentor my kids and my nephews and, and some other hunters. So uh, I uh, I think I love hunting more every year, Billy, than, than before. And uh, taking somebody new uh, each year uh, just makes it that much more exciting. So uh, I got to see a bunch of deer fall and bunch of deer uh, get processed, uh, teach people how to do that as well, and then ultimately share that venison with some needy families. So uh, my family eats a lot of it, but uh, but we share some as well. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a very lucky man to get to experience uh, each part of that during the deer season. Hey, Kip, it's a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, we'll be talking again soon, I'm sure. Thank you much, Billy. You have a great day. That's Kip Adams with the National Deer Association. Check them out. How about a native Texas Hill Country whitetail hunt in combination with a world-class bird hunt? Texas winters are so mild, you could bring the fly rod and fish Joshua Creek as well. It's a sportsman's nirvana. Learn more about Joshua Creek Ranch, one of my favorite places on the planet, when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, everybody, it's Adrian with Harold's Outdoor Haven. We're located in Kingman, Kansas. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Billy, I really think you need this new shotgun. At Classic Chevrolet Grapevine, we know all about the early morning memories made in the cab of the truck. Because it's fun to um, be able to uh, do something with my dad and my older brother. So what time did you have to get up this morning to uh, to get all the way down here dressed and fed and ready to go? 4.30. 4.30. Don't you normally get up about 4.30, though? Mm-hmm. No. no way. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's fun, though, when you're coming out to the dove field to get up that early. It's kind of exciting, isn't it? Yes. There you very. go. Did you see your daddy shooting at that dove right then? Yes. Do you see that dove still flying? Uh, probably. <laughs> At Classic Chevrolet in Grapevine, Texas, we know that the cab of the truck is a special place. It's where family heritage is carried down the trail. Important things happen here. Trusted conversations, understanding smiles, life's victories and laughter, sometimes tears. We're honored to ride along with your family. ClassicChevrolet.com. The Quail Coalition. The backbone for the important work and research that brings brighter days for our quails and the people that love them. With 12 chapters throughout Texas, there's ample opportunity for you to join the celebration. The money raised in our chapter banquets 
goes to various research projects conducted by folks like the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch in West Texas, Caesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute in South Texas, and all that pursue productive science-based work that sustains and restores wild quail populations. If you've ever followed your trusted bird dog into a setting December sun, or listened from the porch to the summer song of the bobwhite, then you know just how special this bird is. Populations have declined drastically across the U.S., and the last stronghold is Texas. Come and join the Quail Coalition. Attend a banquet. Bid at an auction. Be important to quail. Quailcoalition.org. At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled. But we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids. And in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures' young lives changed. Kids that just were not into school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of Outdoor Adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics, and they smile while learning. If you want Outdoor Adventures in your local school, contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com. Winter at the lake is a wonderful thing. The still, quiet solace of the woods and water at Grapevine Lake offer the perfect opportunity to slow the season down a bit. Tucked away behind a secure gated entry and snuggled on the still shore of Grapevine Lake is the national award-winning Vineyards Campground and Cabins. Full hookups, lightning-fast Wi-Fi, and cable TV at every campsite and cabin keep you connected, even when you're getting away. The vineyard sites and fully furnished cabins are the perfect place to kick off the new year and enjoy the great outdoors. Our unique location makes you feel far away from the hustle and bustle when you're just a few blocks from historic downtown Grapevine, the Christmas capital of Texas, offering shops, restaurants, and all the sights and sounds of the season. Cozy cabins, spacious pull-through sites, and a camp store on site to provide whatever you need. Always keeping your health and safety a priority. Come enjoy nature's original way to social distance. Come see us this winter. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com believe that a creek full of fish and woods loaded with wildlife are good for our kids. And the kids tend to agree. At Kinder Outdoors, we work hard to preserve both every day. I hunted Axis in the off-season for Axis back in January. Yeah, I know, our whitetails are, man, they're in full bloom in January, right? Well, Axis, they're typically just the opposite. They can be hard-horned anytime. But primarily, that's a June, July, maybe even August deal to find them hard-horned and at full growth. But in January, the off-season for Axis, I hunted a couple of days and saw four very mature Axis bulls that any hunter would be happy to have. Hey, and it's low fence, world-class Axis deer hunting at one of the world's finest bird hunting facilities. Joshua Creek Ranch and Lodge, 
Check it out, kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, in case you missed it last hour, here's our conversation with Kevin Van Dam, bass fisherman, outdoorsman. Man, it is uh, that time of year, isn't it? (laughs) It is. I know you're a tormented man this time of year. Should you be chasing fall bass? Should you be in a tree with a bow in your hand? It's it's a tough time of year. You can't. There's not enough hours in the day. Yeah. Then you throw the ducks in the mix too, and it just makes it even uh, triply hard. <laughs> Bow season is open in uh, in Michigan. Have you been in a tree yet? Um, you know what? I got out for the first time last night. I mean, we've had really unseasonably warm weather. Um, really in September, and then and for sure the first two weeks of October. And it, it just turned with that. I mean, that first cold front, and and the deer just the activity just went crazy. You know, they've been waiting for it too. When do your deer there in Michigan, uh, in your area, when do they typically rut? When when is it full speed ahead? Yeah, we're we're, we're November rut here. It's basically, just like the whole Midwest. Um, you know, it, it it's it's prime time. You know, the first two weeks in November are, are really the key, key, key time to be in the woods. Yeah. Okay. So, fall, when fall rolls around, you're Kevin Van Dam. You get great opportunities to go chase deer with people in different parts of the country. Have you have you been somewhere in the past where it's on your bucket list now you're going back? Um, you know, I've got two um, out-of-state deer hunts scheduled this year i'm i'm actually going to colorado i drew a mule deer tag out there um right at i'm leaving on halloween believe it or not and um i'm also going to south texas in december and that that's a really really special place we're actually going down there to a place called whoville ranch uh it's a friend of mine um that uh, bought this place a few years ago and has been really really intensely managing it and it's uh it's it's like no place I've ever seen. So it's definitely a bucket list trip. I'm familiar with that ranch, not because I've been inside the gate, uh, but because I've heard rumors and stories about this place. I understand that you could shoot a record uh, a record book buck and and catch double digit bass the same day. <laughs> it's a pretty good uh, yeah. It's right by Choke Canyon Reservoir. Um, you know, about 30 minutes away. And that's it's a, that place has just been on fire, um, you know, the last couple of years. And, and then obviously the deer hunting there at Whoville is is pretty dang pretty darn special as well. So it's a cool spot. They've got a couple of little tanks on it that that got pretty good fishing in them as well. So yep, that's that's what I hear. Hey, uh, talk to us a little bit about fall smallmouth. You know, I'm a Texas boy, and and uh, when we catch a smallmouth bass in Texas, man, that's a pretty special occasion. We get all pumped up, and it's on our social media, and and we're all excited about it. You're in smallmouth mecca country up there. Uh, how do you go about chasing them in the fall? Well, it's it's really um, really really prime time currently, just based on the weather we've had this year with it with it being a warmer than normal fall because the water temperatures have stayed up there, but the fish still react by the length of day, you know, the daylight, just like the deer rut or anything else. So they've moved to, to their fall areas. They're a little more, a little more scattered at times, but 
Um, so the fishing's been really good, you know, on moving baits, you know, up, up till now. I mean, our water temperature is probably 10 or 15 degrees warmer than what it should be the same time of year. So the spinnerbait bite has been really, really good. The, you know, the crankbait bite is really good. The, you know, jerkbaits, anything topwater even is is lasted much longer into the season than on a normal year. Um, and it's I was just up last week into the northern part of the state, and it was it was really uh, phenomenal. You know, it's it's just it's special. It's something that I don't take for granted and. One of my favorite things to do, and with the weather conditions being the way that it is, it makes it real easy to pick between deer hunting and and, and fishing. You know, you're going to go fishing every day when it's like that. So, But when you get that big cold front and you get the high-pressure skies afterwards, that's the day you go deer hunting. Yep, there you go. Uh, so tell me about, you know, the Upper Peninsula. I've got buddies that have ventured off to the Upper, to the UP, and they've gone up there chasing grouse and woodcock. And they come back just covered with blood. And, I mean, it's it's supposed to be a gentleman's sport, and, uh, you know, you're up on bird hunting. But evidently those birds live in the thickest of the thick. Do you do, you do that? Yeah, they, I have. Um, you know, there's there's a good bit of uh, timber, you know, timber management that goes on up there, a lot of clear cuts, and that's what those grouse and woodcock uh, really gravitate towards, that new growth, those new growth cutovers and it is it's they grow so close together it's hard to it's hard to walk but it is it's pretty darn special that's the great thing about michigan is we have so many things going on at the same time you know there's eleven thousand lakes so you got a lot of a lot of places to fish but you know good bird hunting in the upper part of the state um, you know obviously there's deer and turkey and everything as well but uh, that's something that a lot of people look forward to a lot of people travel from all over the country for that woodcock migration. Yeah, literally literally all over the world. People come from other countries to hunt uh woodcock and grouse up in the uh in the UP. Yeah, it's a wonderful wonderful world for an outdoorsman where you were born and raised there and the deer are you guys grow some pretty healthy deer up in your neck of the woods. Yeah, you know, I live in the southern part of the state and you know, we have the potential for really big deer. It's just, you know, the the tracts of land are are fairly small compared to Texas or you know other places like that, so it's hard to let them get age. And we and we do get a lot of pressure. I mean, I think Michigan, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Texas have the three most uh, whitetail hunters in the country, and so that's a little bit of a uh, a challenge. But I mean, we've got good deer though for sure. You know, I mean, every every year around my place we'll have a you know a deer that's in the 150 inch range or better you know, hanging around, and that's a trophy deer anywhere. That is a trophy deer anywhere. Yeah, West Texas guy gets fired up about about 150 inches on his cameras. I, I think a lot of people maybe don't know that you guys actually have an elk season uh, there in Michigan. Yeah, you know, it's kind of one of those conservation success stories that they reintroduced them to the northern part of the lower peninsula, and uh, boy, it didn't take very long till they have a huntable population, so it's it's a draw uh, system, and it's it's hard. It's kind of like a it's like winning the lottery, you know. It's kind of a once in a lifetime deal, but you know you, you got to put in every year. And I haven't gotten drawn, you know, for it yet. But if you do, it's a it's a pretty special thing. So it's neat just to know they're around. Um, I've got a friend that has some property right in the heart of it, and uh, to see that elk sign, it's unreal. And of course, you can you know you go around in September and. 
you're going to hear them bugling and, um, you know, hear them carrying on even from a distance. So it's just, it's, it's kind of strange when, you, you know, you're not used to that in, in Michigan. Hey, for the full Kevin Van Dam interview, check out kinderoutdoors.com. This corner of the camphouse has been brought to you by Joshua Creek Ranch, selling memberships now. You should check that out. I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we've had together and invite you back next time around. Till then, may God bless you and your bunch. <laughs>